John chapter 9, verse 1. John chapter 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for that I cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and he made clay of the spit, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Last verse, verse 7, and he said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and he washed, and he came seeing. By the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you on this simple subject, the birth of a sent one, the birth of a sent one. And if I had a subtitle for what I want to speak to you today, it would simply be hell can't have my shadows. Hell can't have my shadows. When you're ADD and you just can't pick between what title, you just get both. That all right? Would you lift up your hands one more time and would you just ask the Lord to do what he wants to do? Would you just pray that simple prayer, God do? God do. God do what you want to do in my heart, in my spirit, in my mind. And I thank you for it, God. Let the best gifts be in operation today. Let your angels move and minister to the heirs of salvation. And I thank you for what you are going to accomplish in the next few moments of this service. In the name of Jesus Christ. Would you just speak that name in this place? Jesus. Jesus. Would you shout that name in this house? Jesus. Now, would you clap your hands? Would you clap your hands in expectancy for what God's about to do? You may be seated. I get excited over stupid stuff. I get excited over silly stuff. I get excited about little stuff and they and they and they tell you when when you are learning to preach that you are supposed to build up to a climatic point and you are you are you are you are supposed to start slow and steady and give a foundation and give an intro and and then you can get excited and as you as you build to your final point um i don't always follow those rules because i just get excited about little stuff so I just have to stop right here and go ahead and let you know, I just would like to preach to you today, and we'll just skip the intro, and we'll just, we'll just preach. Is that all right? The Bible says that God saw a blind man. God saw a blind man. God saw a man who could not see healed. So that tells me that your handicap is not God's handicap. And your insecurity is not God's insecurity. And your deficiency is not God's deficiency. And your limitations are not God's limitations. And your excuses are not God's excuses. 
Because whatever limitation you walked in with, whatever sickness you walked in with, whatever dysfunction you walked in with, whatever complex you walked in, that does not stop God from seeing you. I'm sorry, can I just can I just jump a few moments? Can I just shout a few moments? I just get excited that the Lord saw me in a condition when I was weak, when I was vulnerable, I wasn't powerful, I wasn't phenomenal, I wasn't saved, I wasn't anointed, but he saw me. Woo, God of mercy. You can be seated. In 2020, we like to talk about we like to talk about the devil. Sometimes we like to talk about the devil too much. We get on our prayer calls and we say the devil's after me. The devil's been the devil's been watching me. He's been spying on me. He's been following me. You do know that theologically there is only one devil. And you're going to have to do a whole lot to get on his radar. I like to think that I'm spiritual, but I don't think the devil is coming after Landon Gore. I think he's going after, well, I'm not going to say that name. Can I tell you that the Bible says that there are two things that roam to and fro? The Bible says that the devil roams to and fro looking for someone to devour, looking to cause havoc, looking to bring his vileness and his wickedness. But there's also something else that runs to and fro. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to... You can talk about the devil running after you all you want to, but the eyes of the Lord have been running after Landon, and they're running after you. I'm being watched. Heaven's been spying on me. Heaven's been scouting on me. I think that's a prayer warrior. I think that's an intercessor. I think that's a soul winner. I think that's an apostle, a missionary, a preacher. That's an end time soldier. Hear me? Oh, but you don't know how powerful the devil is. Oh, yes, I do. See, the Bible says in the, when it all is said and done, we're going to look at him. And we're going to have that, that, that stinky face. Say, no, fam, no. This dude. No, 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 no. You cry, cry. This is wrong devil. Where's the real one at? And the Bible says you're going to look at him. And we're going to look at him and we're going to question. Is this the one that has called? I wish you'd stop questioning your anointing and stop second guessing your God and stop over analyzing your anointing. Because when it's all said and done, you're going to look at your adversary and you're going to question, is this really him? I thought he was more powerful. I thought he had more dominion. I thought he had more strength. Is this really the devil?
I want to show you how powerful your God is. There's only one devil. There's only one devil. And to get to where he needs to go, the Bible says he runs. He runs to and fro. But the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. What does that tell me? I'm not the, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the crayon box. But you know what that tells me? That tells me God saw you before the devil got to you. If the devil's coming after you, he's going to have to run after you. But all God has to do is look at you. And I don't know about you. I'm not anything special. I just had the eyes of the Lord stop. And the eyes of the Lord looked at me when I could not... He loved me when I couldn't love him. He saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself. I wish somebody on a Saturday morning would realize that the eyes of the Lord are running and they've been watching you. Lift up your hands for just a moment in this house. Wave your hand for just a moment. I want the attention of heaven today. Come on, sometimes you got to stop rebuking the devil and you got to start getting the attention of heaven. Hey, Arabaha, Shia Karabaha. So the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, the devil runs to and fro. So that tells me that God saw you before the devil could get to you. So the Lord looked at a blind man and he saw a blind man. All of a sudden he stops. He's surrounded by religious people. He's surrounded by smart people. He's surrounded by theologians. He's surrounded by disciples. And so they they say, hey, you know what? Hey, Jesus... I want to have a little theological dissertation. Um, Who do you think sinned? You ever sit with like somebody really smart? They're sipping on Starbucks and they got to take off their glasses and they chew on their glasses and they act all dignified and smart and I'm y'all quiet because you are that one. Well, I think... Jesus, who sinned? Him or his mom and dad? Because when humanity cannot explain something, it has to blame something. <laughs> I love my dude, but that my, my, my man's in some junk. Who sinned? Did he sinned or did his parent? Hey, sis, it's great and all, but man... You got a messed up life. What happened? Is she sin or her parents? And the Lord said, neither. Wait, 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 wait. He, 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 he's blind and he was born blind. So the devil had to, do, had, had to have something to do with it. Not everything dark is demonic. Not everything problematic in your life is demonic. 
We're giving Satan too much credit for some stuff that's just a part of being in life and a sinful world. And the problem with blaming the devil is blame is another form of worship. And some of us have blamed the devil for so much. We've given him the attention we would not give him if we were worshiping him. Oh, I'd never worship the devil. I'd never bow to the devil. I'd, oh, no, 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 I worship God. Then stop blaming the devil uh, because you're giving more attention to him than the God that's looking at you, uh, than the God that has a plan for you, uh, than the God that can use you. Help me, Holy Ghost. How many's had some darkness in their life? How many's had some darkness in their life? It's a lie from hell that God's got to get the darkness out of the way before He can use you, before He can develop you, before. This is what I learned. Everybody, Sister Bev, everybody wants to be discovered, nobody wants to be developed. And darkness develops you. Darkness shapes you, it sculpts you, it molds you, it makes For nine months, one of the greatest miracles lives in darkness before it ever sees the light of day. Because God says, while you look at the darkness and call it satanic, call it demonic, call it hellish, the darkness is where I form and the darkness is where I... Oh, I'm going through a dark time. God must be birthing something. God must be creating something. God must be making something new. Some of you are in the third month, the fifth month, the eighth month. It's a little tight. You're wondering what in the world is happening. I curse the darkness. You better watch out before you curse the very thing that's developing you. Oh, I got a word for somebody. The Bible says that when Mary came in contact with Elizabeth, John the Baptist leaped (laughs) in his mother's womb. Can you worship when you can't see anything? Can you praise God when you're in a tight place? Can you praise God when you're in a lonely place? Can you praise God when you're in a place of development? Oh, the the world hasn't discovered my anointing. The world hasn't discovered my power. The world hasn't seen my prayer life. I've been in a dark place. I've been in a lonely place. But I can still leap in my mama's womb. I can still jump in the darkness. I can still shout in the development because something's about to be born something's about to be birthed I'm in the darkness right now but I'm being developed I'm being shaped I'm being molded I'm a miracle in the making
I curse this tight place. I curse this lonely place. I curse this dark. If you keep cursing the very thing that's developing you, you're going to be premature. And God wants to develop you and make you. And he uses darkness to do it. Hell can't have my shadows. The first shadow, the shadow of preparation. Someone say the shadow of preparation. First Peter 5, 6 says this. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourself under the mighty. How many of you want to be used by God? You want to be used by God, my man? Come on. You want to be used by God? Come here. You want to be used by God? Man, you were late to church, so you know I was going to pick on you. You won't be used by God. What does the scripture say? Humble yourself. What does it say after that? Under. Under. Um, I need the hand of God. Does anybody have a hand like God has the hand? Okay. <laughs> I was hoping nobody volunteered because I'd be a little prideful. Uh, Brother Angel, can I use your jacket real quick? So nobody's hand is, is, is big enough for a good example. So we're going to use this as the hand of God. The hand of God has an iPhone. Come on now. She's calling. Hey, I'll call you right back. We're preaching, having a service. All right. Bye. You want the hand of God on you. The Bible says, humble yourself. Under. Oh, what you meant, you wanted to be on God's hand. But when you said you wanted God's hand on you, that meant he covers you. He hides you. He puts you in a lonely place. He puts you in a dark. Oh, you want to be on God's hand. You want him to elevate you. But before he can elevate you, he has to separate you. He has to isolate you. And Oh, I wish somebody would still tell God, I want your hand on me. Even if it's lonely, even if it's dark, even if I lose friends, even if I don't get to see everything clearly. (laughs) And in due time. Hey, hey, when's that baby due? January the 4th, July 25th. Oh, oh that, that, that's your due date? Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. In due time, when he's developed you in the process, when he's shaped you in the darkness, when you've humbled yourself, I said when you've humbled yourself, if God is humbling you, it's because you're too late. But when you humble yourself under his hand and you're developed in the darkness, something's coming. There's a miracle about to be born. There's a ministry about to be born. And in due time, he's going to use you. He's going to elevate you. 
So you better not surrender the shadow of your preparation. You better make up in your mind. You're not going to give your lonely days to pornography. And you're not going to give your lonely days to discord. And you're not going to give your lonely days to bitterness and jadedness. And you're not going to give your lonely days to voices of fear and discouragement. You're not going to give your lonely days to the club. You're not going to give your lonely days to alcohol. You're not going to give your lonely. No, the shadow of my preparation belongs to God. And hell can't have it. Someone say the shadow of preparation. Second shadow is the shadow of prayer. Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. There are some things that, 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 that you graduate from. There are some things that give birth and darkness turns into light and, and, and isolation turns into elevation. But there are some things that you never graduate from. And prayer is one of them. I've never got so spiritual that I didn't have to. I don't pray because I'm spiritual. I pray because I'm a human. I've got flesh. I've got desires that don't align with God. I've got temptations that do not want to take me to my destiny. So I refuse to surrender the shadow of prayer to the adversary. But I want to dwell and I want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Nobody wants to live in the shadows. Everybody wants to live in the light. You know what I learned about living in the spotlight? You get burned. You go out and try to live under the sun, you get sunburned. God can use you in the spotlight, but you cannot live in the spotlight. Oh, but I'm powerful. You told me other day, the other day, Brother Landon, I was, I was Peter, the preacher of Pentecost. Do you not know the spiritual DNA within me? Do you not know the heritage? Do you not know the Bible school I went to? Do you not know how many hours I prayed and fasted? Where did God find Peter? In a prayer room. Because the book of Acts had a prayer room before they ever had a sanctuary. And Peter was a prayer warrior before he ever was a preacher. You want to know what my mission is? My mission is not to be a preacher who prays, but to be a prayer warrior who preaches. I am a friend of God first. I'm not your minister. I'm not your evangelist. I'm not your preacher. I belong to the Most High. I want to know God face to face. I want to know Him even as I am known. I want Him to know me by name. So prayer is either going to be your hotel or your home. You're either going to slip in out of the shadows of the Almighty or you're going to dwell and abide there. I want to dwell there. I want to abide there. I want to be a person of prayer. And I pray that you want to be a man of prayer. You want to be a woman of prayer. 
I, I got, I, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. Remember when Peter's in the boat and Jesus is calling him out and he's wondering if it's really Jesus. And so he looks at the disciple that Jesus loved. And the disciple that Jesus loved looks at him and says, this is the Lord. Who's the disciple that Jesus loved? John. But the scripture doesn't say his name. It just says the disciple that Jesus loved. I got your name last night. But I had watched you come to the altar. And you had prayed. And you had worshipped. And I met your hunger before I got your name. And I've been watching some of you and your desperation and your prayer and your, your, your commitment and your. And I would to God that we were known by our relationship with God more than our earthly name, our earthly step. I don't care how many followers you got on the ground. I don't care how many subscribers you got on YouTube. Does heaven know your name? Does the angels. Uh, Oh, yeah, we, we, we see her every other month when there's an emergency. And, yeah, he visits every now and then when he has to minister and be anointed. No, I want a VIP everyday pass into the throne room of God. I don't want to be known on this planet that's going to burn up. I want to be known before the throne. I want Michael to know who I am. I want Gabriel to know who I am. I want all of heaven to know my name. Cup your hands into the Lord for just a moment. We're going somewhere. Someone say the shadow of preparation, shadow of prayer, shadow of your past. Shadow of your past. Everybody has a past. I don't care if you were born in church or born out of church. Everybody has a past. Some people just hide it better than others. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. You have a past. And the person that's an alcoholic and atheist, oh, they got a real past. I just don't pray and read. You see, we judge somebody's walk with God by proximity. You see, um, you should help me out. Can you just stand right here? This, this is the deal. You're, you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to be God for just a moment, okay? Can't be Him all day. <laughs> just for a minute, okay? You got a one minute subscription. And uh, uh, brother Angel, come, come help me. Give it up for brother Angel. And. Uh, so I, I want you to come over here. You're going to be the center that's far from God. Far from God. Oh, a little further, a little further. I mean, you do bad stuff. I want, no, all right, stop. Now, I want you to look that way. What's the difference between me and him? The difference is the distance. I'm only a few feet away from God. He's miles from God. What's the similarity? We're in the same direction. He may reach the cliff before I do, but I'm still going to reach the cliff. 
And some of you say, I don't drink like they drink, and I don't watch what they watch, and I don't party like that. If you ain't praying and you ain't reading and you're talking junk, you're in the same. I don't care if your past looks a little bit more cute than theirs. If you're walking away, you're walking away. And you got to make a decision that you're not going to walk back towards your past. You're not going to walk past. Everybody's got a past. Everybody's got a human nature. Thank you, guys. Everybody has a human proclivity to go back to what they used to be, their old nature. We're all human. Sometimes we wear our fake halos, but we ain't angels. We're humans. Some of y'all are like, no, I can prove to you I'm an angel. Even angel is not an angel. That's just his name. See, some of y'all trying to fact check me. You're like, you know, all that. This is the deal. Peter had a past. But you know what the Bible says? There came a day. Woo! He was so close to God. His past didn't disappear. But he gave it to God. And he didn't live in condemnation. But he lived in relationship with God. And he had a love for his father. And Father loved him. You show me somebody that sinned a lot, and I'll show you somebody that loves a lot. The lady with the alabaster box put value on Jesus because there's some of you that still think that God saved you, but he didn't have to work hard to do it. He went to the same cross for me, and he went to the same cross for you. He had spikes through his hand, through his, he was whipped until his flesh was flapping from his bone. He was dehydrated. He was murdered. He was ridiculed. He was tortured for every single one of us. The question is not, hear me. The question is not, do you have a past or do you not have a past? Everybody has a past. The question is, has it been redeemed? Because you know what the Bible says about Peter? The Bible says that one day he was walking. And his shadow got on some people. And when his shadow touched them, oh, I feel God right now. When his shadow touched them, as he was walking, You see, as long as you're walking, your past can't keep up. The only way your past can get to you is when you stop and when you turn around. I feel a a lustful thought, but I'm going to keep walking. I really want to murder them right now and choke them. I mean, hug them. I'm going to keep on walking. I really can't believe my daddy did that, and I can't believe my mother did that, and I still have some hatred, but I... God, forgive me, and I want you to help me love, and I'm going to keep on walking. And, and I, don't, I don't think that should have happened in my life, and that's really un. But if you keep walking, God's going to use the very thing that has haunted you to heal someone else. I don't ask God to take away my shadows. I just ask him to redeem them and to you. <laughs> 
because it was the darkness that gave me a ministry. It was the valley that gave me a ministry. It was when God forgave me that I got a ministry. I, I, I don't try to outrun the shadows. I just keep walking, knowing that God's going to use my flaws, knowing God's going to use my... Use my mistakes. He's going to use my forgiven sin to bring somebody else. What you don't realize, if God let you give up those shadows, you'd have to give up your ministry. Because God has never allowed a perfect person to be used by him. It's, it's not real. You can't give up your past. You can't give up your, 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 you can't make it disappear. You can give it up. You can't make it disappear. You can't make it go away. But even if you could, you'd lose your ministry. Because God is in the imperfection business. It's his forte. And there's only one person that is perfect. And God's going to keep it that way. I told about Paul, right? His hands. Did I tell about that? I think I did. I won't say it again. The Bible says that, that Paul was bitten by a snake. I did. I said this in the session. Man, some of y'all about to lead me astray. I know my real friends now. I know who was listening now. I had to listen to myself. Y'all weren't even listening. Y'all can be seated for just a minute. I want you to hear me for just a moment. You don't have the luxury to act like you have it all together. So you might as well just stop pretending. The Bible says the hand of Paul was bitten by the viper. But a few minutes later, he goes to the house of Publius. And the Bible says he lays his hand, plural, upon a man in bed who is sick. He lays his hand, plural. He lays it. You know what we do? We come into ministry. We come into wind conference and like, hey, you've seen how God's been using me? Hey, not, not nice to meet you. Hey, hey, look at how powerful I am. Hey, God's using. And God says, uh-uh. Lay your hands on them. Sure, Lord. God, I pray you'd bless. Touch them, heal them. God said, no, no, no. I want to use your hands. Oh, this one's scarred. This one's been bitten. This one's been through. I meet people all the time. Why, why are you saying the shadow of your past? Because we want to give God a certain segment of our life. And we leave this space over here for the devil and condemnation and say, I'll just never. Everybody has a past. Are you going to allow him to redeem it? Are you going to allow him to use it? Because when a sick and dying world sees a scarred hand, they look at you and say, oh, you got delivered from that? I can too. You got healed. Nobody gets inspired by a perfect life. Nobody gets healed by a perfect hand. Even Jesus saved you with his scars. What makes you think you're going to save your world with a perfect hand? Oh, I wish you'd lift up both hands to heaven right now. Take my good, take my bad, take the positive, take the negative.
God wants to use your talents, but he also wants to use your insecurities. God wants to use your strength, but he also wants to use your weakness. God wants to use the good about you, but he also wants to utilize the bad about you. Stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing. Jesus looked at him. Looked at the blind man. He could hear Jesus talking, but he couldn't see him. And you have heard word after word, prophecy after prophecy, promise after promise. But you don't see it, you hear it. So Jesus is now having a conversation in front of a blind man. And you know what he says? Who's to blame? Him or his parents? Neither. But that the works of God would be made manifest. If you want God to work through you, you're going to have to be okay in the dark. Then Jesus said, I've got, to, I've got to do the work. I've got to do the work right now. I've got to work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. What? I, I've got to work while it is day. Uh, Jesus, I hate to break it to you. Um, this man's blind. He's in the dark. Oh, I've got, to, I've got to work in the light, because when the night comes, no man can work. Jesus, he's in the dark. But you work in the day, you clock in, you clock out, you go home and you sleep. You get up and you work. You go home and you sleep. And you get up and you work. But Jesus works in the day, and he works in the night, and he works in the day, and he works in the night, and he works in the light, and he works in the darkness. And he works in the positive, and he works in the negative, and he works in the strength, and he. God don't clock out in the darkness. God don't clock out in a pandemic. God don't clock out when your parents leave you. God don't clock out when you get addicted to secret sin. God don't clock out when you start doubting. God don't. I got to hear me. You know what he does? I gotta hurry. I can't preach everything. He spits in the ground. He gets some mud. He gets some clay. He puts it on this blind man. See, I want you to go to the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sin. It's the same word that we get the word apostolic. What does apostolic mean? Sent one. So God allows him to be born into darkness. But then he says, you know what? I'm gonna anoint you. Oh, what, what are you going to anoint, anoint him with? Some spit and some mud. Oh, my goodness. you got to get this. Do you know why God used spit and mud? Do you know why? I know you know why. You're spiritual. Don't tell me you don't know why. Do you really not know why? Me neither. That's an honest man. You're going to make it real awkward if you act like you knew. Because I'm not... <laughs> You know why God used spit and mud? 
I don't know. And if you think you know, I probably won't believe you. But this is what I know. Sometimes God anoints you with stuff that don't make sense. I'm almost done hearing me. We're going to pray. We're going to go over there. But I, 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 I man, I, I, man, I, I wish God would get all the, the cool stuff, you know, the spice and the fragrance and the, and, and he does that. But sometimes God's anoint anoints you with elements that aggravate you. I don't, I, I've not seen anybody want to live life with spit in their eyes and with clay in their, I, and the only way he can get it out and off his face and out of his eyes if he goes and washes because the spit and the grit and the grime are aggravating him. And if they... Can I just be real with you? God will use things in your life that do not make sense to restore your vision. Oh, people said, oh, 2020 vision. Then 2020 hit and people said, oh, no, <laughs> pick a different theme. Oh, no, no, no. God's still going to give you 2020 vision. You just didn't know he was going to anoint you with some stuff that didn't make sense. To... I wish angels. I wish angels. You ever just want to complain to God? I wish angels escorted me to my destiny. I wish angels brought me to my anointing. But I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm human. I'm stubborn. I've got flesh. I can get satisfied. I can get stagnant. And I've never had angels bring me to anointing. But I've had stuff that didn't make sense. God loves you so much that he will agitate you into your destiny. He will provoke you into your promise. He'll put you. Give me the spit. Give me the clay. Give me a pandemic. Give me the news. Give me the diagnosis. Give me the valley. Give me whatever I've got to get. Even if you have to aggravate me into my anointing. Get me there. This is not a send-off service. Chris is about to preach, and he's going, he's, going, he's going to preach the last service. He's going to do phenomenal. But that pull means sent. You have a decision in just a few moments. You're either going to leave this place or be sent from this place. And there is a mission and a mandate on you to go back into your home, to go back. I don't care if it's hell infested, to go back to your city. I don't care if there's demonic forces, to go back to your college, because you are a sent one. You've been through the darkness. You've been through the junk. But God brought you out, and he brought you into marvelous light. And now you're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. And you're to tell others about that light, about his goodness. Lift up your hands all across this house right now. 
Come on, you're leaving here sent. You're leaving here with a mission. You're leaving here with a mandate. You're leaving here with a calling. Come on, for just a few moments, you need to remind hell. You're not going to have my past. You're not going to have my prayer. You're not going to have my preparation. I'm a sent one. I'm a sent one. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you. Do we know what time they're starting over there? Oh, 11. Oh, wonderful. Right now, okay. This is the last thing I want to tell you. I'm not so worried about you praying for five hours, and I want to respect next service and the ministry of Brother Green, my friend. This is not about you responding right now, quite frankly. Quite frankly. This is about how you respond on Monday. I want a Monday altar call. The altar call that nobody sees. When you can forget everything I've said, or you can say, God, I'm a little lonely, but I'm going to pray. I'm a little lonely, but I'm not going to give in to condemnation. I'm a little lonely, but I'm still going to prepare. I'm still going to be humble. I'm still. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you. The Bible anointed him. Then he went to the pool of Siloam. He washed, and then he saw. He was anointed before he could ever see. And so are you. You don't see all the details, but you're still anointed. You don't have it all figured out, but you're still anointed. You don't know quite how God's going to use you, but you're still anointed. And I'm just going to give you a life principle that has helped me. I went to school. I thought I was going to do one thing. When I got there, God pivoted. He had me do another thing. I I, I wasn't born knowing I was going to evangelize. I wasn't born knowing I was going to be at Wins Conference. But you know what happened? I learned a principle. Remember when Paul would be headed to a city and the Lord would redirect him? He would be headed somewhere and the Lord would pivot. The Lord would shift. He would forbid him and say, no, no, no. But Paul was in motion. And God can redirect something. He cannot redirect nothing. What do you mean? It's hard to steer a parked car. Just go. Just do something. God can turn the wheel. If you're headed in the wrong direction, it's the kingdom. What's the worst that can happen? You talk to the wrong soul. You teach the wrong Bible study. Go. Be. Do. Be a sent one. Be a sent one. Would you just lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go into our next session and see what the Lord is going to do.